This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000-Inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 184-inch. On this episode, we interview Vincent Patterson, the choreographer and opposing gang leader from Weird Al's Eat It music video. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-Inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-Inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Wow, we had a bit of a vacation from episodes there, Ethan. How did you spend your vacation? Vacation? You call two weeks straight of business travel and then testing positive for COVID and then getting stuck in a hotel room in Texas a vacation? Well, I had a nice time. Way to be glass half empty. Sheesh. Anyway, I suppose it is time for what's happening in Weird Al related news. There was exciting news coming out of this year's Critics' Choice Awards. First off, from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, a huge congratulations to Daniel Radcliffe, who won Best Actor in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television for his portrayal of Weird Al Yankovic in... Weird, the El Yankovic story. And also from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 It's Weird Al podcast, another huge congratulations to everyone involved in Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which won an award for Best Movie Made for Television. The 28th Critics' Choice Awards were presented on January 15th in Los Angeles and broadcast live on the CW Network. While Daniel did not attend the ceremony, his category was broadcast and an understandably very excited... Weird Al was briefly shown in the audience shortly after the winner was announced. Pretty stinking majestic. And in more award news, Daniel Radcliffe also picked up another award recently for Best Comedic Actor for Weird the Al Yankovic Story at the 2022 San Diego Film Critics Society Awards. And that's not all, because director Eric Appel was nominated for a Directors Guild of America Award for Outstanding Directing, Miniseries, or TV Film. And Weird the Al Yankovic Story was nominated by NAFCA, the North American Film Critic Association, for the award of Best Comedy. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, congratulations to all the nominees and winners. But... Most importantly in the news of awards, the winners for the first two categories of the Al Academy Awards have been announced. Earlier this week, Ethan and myself received our trophies for the category of Best Fist Pumping by a Podcaster. An award we tied for, although I think we can all agree there's a clear winner between the two of us. Well, the results are the results, Dave, whether we agree with them or not. And while it wasn't specified in the official announcement, we assume it was due to our featured background actor work in the film We Are the Al Yankovic Story, directed by Eric Appel. Also, winning for the category of Best Eight Performances in a Single Scene was our good friend and podcast regular, UH Jeff Nucera. Each of our letters of recognition were signed by the president of the Al Academy Awards, George Newman. It was certainly the best unexpected parcel I've received in a very long time. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast, thank you to the Al Academy for this prestigious award. 
In lieu of doing a long-winded acceptance speech, we wish to quickly thank our director, Eric Appel, our significant others, our moms and dads, our cats, Willie Nelson, Dave Grohl, and of course, to Mike Minnick for his undying support and usually believing in us. This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla, Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say, beefy vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world plant-based real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. Aloha! The final two tour dates have been announced for the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour, and wow, how very exciting, Weird Al and his band will be playing for the first time ever in Hawaii! The last two shows of the tour will take place on Oahu and Maui on March 25th and March 26th, respectively. Tickets are already on sale to the general public, so visit weirdal.com tour for more details if you're interested. As mentioned, this marks the first time that Weird Al and his band are playing Hawaii and the last of the states that they need to complete their 50-state bingo cards, with them having previously performed at least one show in each of the other 49 states. Well, we suppose the 2009 song by Al's band, We've Never Played in Hawaii, will need to now be updated to We've Played in Hawaii. And yes, since we know you are all wondering, both Ethan and myself intend to attend both of those shows. If you'll be there, please let us know. And speaking of the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour, a few more of our ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes have dropped recently. If you haven't checked them out, please do so now. We'll wait. And while we're on the subject... Ethan intends to attend the first five shows on the 2023 leg of the tour. Those are in Kalamazoo, Michigan, Nashville and Springfield, Illinois, and Saginaw and Detroit, Michigan. If you're going to be at any of those shows, I would love to say hi to you and let you take some of our commemorative wooden nickels. We also intend to record bonus episodes for all of these shows, as well as the Hawaii shows, so be sure to sign up over at patreon.com slash 2000 inch because not only will you get immediate early access to these episodes, you will also be supporting the podcast. It's a win-win for everybody. The CD version of the Weird the Al Yankovic Story soundtrack was originally slated to be released this week on Friday, January 27th, but some sources online are now listing a February 3rd release date for the CD. The vinyl and its Barnes & Barnes & Noble exclusive glow-in-the-dark variant are still expected to be released May 19th. Please join us in pre-ordering them all and just seeing when they actually show up. In other release date confusion and delay news, we are happy to report that the Illustrated Al graphic novel was officially released on January 17th. A retail-exclusive softcover version was also announced last spring, but we have yet to see any available or even pictured online as of yet, so keep your eyes peeled and let us know if you see one. In support of the graphic novel's release, there was yet another exciting release, an official music video for the Running With Scissors song, Your Horoscope for Today, 24 years after the song's original release. 
The video is pretty stinking majestic, and it's done by Augen Blick Studios, the same studio behind the Amish animation in Weird the Yankovic Story, and the music video for Another Tattoo. And we are very sad to report the passing of the great David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Weird Al's song Mission Statement from Mandatory Fun is a pastiche inspired by their music. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, Gil and Chill in Peace, David Crosby. The documentary A Disturbance in the Force, all about the infamous 1978 Star Wars holiday special, is set to premiere at South by Southwest this March. Among those announced to have been interviewed in the documentary, we are thrilled to learn that Weird Al is on that list, along with Seth Green, Paul Shear, and the late Gilbert Godfrey. The Star Wars Holiday Special is referenced in the music video for White and Nerdy as the subject of a back-alley black market transaction. We expect that, along with Weird Al's well-known affinity for Star Wars, made him an obvious target for the filmmakers. A big thanks to Johnny O'Hearn for the heads up on this. And our pal Joe Jaffa let us know that the $1,000 clue for their main musical instrument on the January 9th episode of Jeopardy was Weird Al Yankovic. While the answer they were looking for was, what is the accordion, we also suspect they would have accepted, what is a Komodo phone. And our good pal Aaron Henry let us know that Weird Al was once again mentioned in a clue in the New York Times crossword puzzle. The January 19th puzzle, written by Daniel Bodley, featured Weird Al Yankovic's Amish Paradise for One as a clue for the five-letter 19 across. Hmm, let's see. So, incredible song wouldn't fit, so the answer must have been spoof. HBO Max's adult-oriented Scooby-Doo-less Scooby-Doo reboot Velma has begun airing, and so far, you can catch Weird Al's cameo in at least one of the episodes. No word on if he will be back, but his character may be recurring. And from what we've heard from friends who have seen the show and from TV critics, sounds like the only reason to check out the show is to briefly catch Weird Al. Personally, I think I'm just going to wait to see the clip when it plays during Weird Al's costume change on the next tour. And finally, we here at Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast want to extend a very happy and stupendous birthday wish to our all-time favorite bass player and inchworm, Steve J, whose birthday is tomorrow, January 26th. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, happy birthday, Steve! Steve J, what a guy! Our guest this episode is someone we have wanted to talk to ever since Bermuda told us he is the one who kept an iconic prop from a Weird Al music video. So on to this episode's interview. Dave and I are thrilled to welcome to the podcast. He is the only person on earth with the distinct honor of appearing in both Michael Jackson's Beat It and Weird Al's Eat It music videos. He has had an incredible career and has a brand new book, Icons and Instincts, out now. Please welcome Vincent Patterson. How's it going, Vincent? Oh, great, both of you guys. David, Ethan, nice to talk to you both. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, it's such a thrill to actually talk to you. I mean, you have such an iconic career. I mean, everybody from, you know, Michael Jackson, Madonna. I see, you know, Whitney Houston, Billy Joel on your list. And of course, Weird Al Yankovic. We want to talk all about that as well. (laughs) (laughs) 
Absolutely. We cannot leave Weird Al out of this. Are you kidding? Jeez. It's probably the most important thing that you've ever done is work on Eat It. But before we get there... Um... Well, listen. Yeah. Before we get there, yeah. Vincent, I would just love to know what got you into dancing and choreography? Where did everything start for you? Oh, God, crazy. Well, you know, I I studied, I loved being in the theater when I was a little kid and um, being in, in junior high school and high school. I had a rough early life and it was crazy. You know, you could go to the theater, you could be in the theater, uh, really backward area I grew up and um and I could step into these crazy characters that were so unlike me and so unlike the life I was leaving at home. And I just fell in love with the whole idea of it. So I went to college and that's what I studied. Um, I, I moved from Pennsylvania where I lived out to Tucson and uh, I was going to work one day. I had never really been too much of a, an athlete. I was a theater mole basically. And uh, I, I heard music from this little ballet studio all the time. And I opened it up and opened up the door one day. And I said, hey, can I take some classes in here? And the woman who ran it, Stephanie Steiger, said, well, we don't have classes for adults, but you can take with like young teenagers. And I said, OK, I'll try that. <laughs> I was just doing it for exercise. But, you know, I'll tell you guys, I had never quite experienced that sensation of those endorphins just charging through your body, giving you this ultimate high. And wow. it, it, it just got me right away. So I kind of gave up everything else I was doing and I just focused on dancing and I was, I was old. I mean, I was 24 for a dancer. That's old. So <laughs> oh, <wow>. uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously, you guys, I really? had to break yeah. my body apart, you know, and build it back together again. But um but it, it became something I loved. I, I, I just absolutely loved doing it. And it made me happy. And uh, people like watching. And I thought, oh, this is a this is a really cool profession. So I, I moved out to L.A. and struggled like everybody does. And uh, but eventually landed uh, a couple great gigs. And that kind of set me on my path. Yeah. Is it fair to say that Beat It was a pivotal moment in your career the same way that for Weird Al, Beat It leading to Eat It was a pivotal moment in his career? Oh, yeah, it was for him. It was for me, too. You know, I mean, you know, MTV, it was the birth of MTV and it was phenomenal, phenomenal situation. Um, I mean, I don't know what, if you guys remember, probably you do, but, you know, it was a crazy time. We would all sit around. We'd call each other up. We'd have parties to watch the next video that was going to come out. I mean, it was just oh, yeah. a crazy sensation. So to all of a sudden be a co-starring, so to speak, in uh, Michael Jackson's Beat It as the gang leader. I mean, I, on the one hand, we didn't really know what that meant yet because all that Jackson had come out with was Billie Jean and it was interesting, but nothing earth shattering. And then Beat It happened, man. And it was uh, it was all over the place. I remember going to this little little bar down in uh, Cabo San Lucas before it was Cabo San Lucas actually. And saw me up on the screen of this little bar down in Mexico <laughs> in Baja. And I thought, what the hell, you know, <laughs> Jesus, you know, if, if that's happening to me, just think what's happening to Michael Jackson. That's all I could think about, you know, and uh, it changed everything. It did. It changed everything. It changed. I, I could make a list here. It, it, it changed Michael Jackson's life, for sure. It changed Michael Peter's life, who choreographed it and was the, the other gang leader in it. It changed my life. Everybody wanted to dance with me suddenly. I had these gorgeous <laughs> women all, you know, 
Olivia <laughs> Newton-John, Diana Ross, right. <laughs> uh, you know, Whitney Houston. Can you come and choreograph something? I mean, it was incredible. Van Halen. These rockers all of a sudden wanted to get in on it, too. So I got call from David Lee Roth. I got calls from Van Halen's managers. And would you come and, you know, stage something for us? And it it it, it turned everything around. And one other thing before I keep on gabbing here, but, you know, one thing it did is it changed men coming into the dance world. It all of a sudden said that you didn't have to be a ballerina to, to if you love to dance, go ahead and try it. And it changed the face of men in the dance industry. It really did. It brought guys in off the streets. The classes got bigger, filled with men. And, wow. and look what happens now, you know. It, it used to be that if you were a dancer, you were a weirdo. Now, if you're a dancer, you are a hot ticket, you know. Yeah. I mean, the girls are flocking to you. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a feather in the cap. It changed everything, man. Changed everything. That's so cool. I just want to take a step back. How do you go from being a 24-year-old dancer in some local little dance shop to getting on the set with Michael Jackson and having an, such an iconic role as like a gang leader? Can you can you tell us how you got involved and met Michael Jackson and how you got involved with that video? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, what does it take? It takes balls. It takes hard work. It takes almost starving until you get to the point where you, you finally somebody hires you. It gets you being strong enough inside to listen to a thousand no's before you get a yes. But when that yes happens, your life changes. Now, Beat It wasn't the first yes for me. I did some TV shows before that. But Michael Peters, who choreographed it, he taught a lot of classes. And I was his principal student and kind of his assistant teacher. So when beat it happened he had asked me if i would assist him as a choreographer but which basically meant learn what he was going to create and teach it to michael jackson teach it to the other guys who were going to come in and dance but what it also meant was that it didn't give me a free ride to be in the video uh michael peter said to me sorry vince but you know you're going to have to audition just like everybody else and i thought okay you know but the thing that i felt good about was uh, I knew Michael Peters' work really, really well. So I felt whatever he created, and we had created it the day before, so I knew what it was going to be, and I felt really good doing it. But I think the trick that got me, that really got me the, 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 the role was when I came to the audition, and having been an actor is really what served me, because I came to the audition uh, kind of like a guy off the streets. I had jeans on, I had a jacket on, I had that same t-shirt that I wear and beat it and eat it, actually, the black <laughs> and yellow striped one. Oh, and, cool, uh, cool. Yeah, really, man. I, I, put, I had an earring in my ear. I let my beard grow a little bit, a couple days. I greased my hair back a little. And I came into the room filled with a rainbow-colored group of men who had on, you know, everything from lime green to fuchsia stretch tank tops and 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 tight uh, uh, dance pants and leg warmers, you know? So well, I, I think I stood out a little bit and <laughs> I saw Michael Peters uh, talking to Michael Jackson up there and I heard Michael Jackson like kind of point to me and, and say, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Well, of course he was going to because I looked like I looked like I fit the role where the other guys looked like dancers. Right. So yeah. 
I worked my butt off in that audition. I, I knew I gave a great audition. And uh, the funny part was Michael Peters called me after. Nobody, they didn't tell anybody at the audition, but they called me out. He called me after and he said, uh, hey, why don't you come on over? You know, I, I just want to talk to you. And he made it sound like I didn't get it. So I was kind of very upset. So I went over to his apartment and I walked in. He used to call me Lenny because my middle name's Leonard. And he said, well, Lenny, I got bad news for you. And I said, what, Mike? And he said, you're in the video, man. You got the role of the gang leader. And I'm going to play the other one. And we just like, jumped around like mad people. I'm telling you. I was like, oh, oh my wow. God. Oh, my God. It was incredible. It was like a thousand Christmases at the same time, you know. Um, and that's kind of how it came about. That's how wow. it came about. That's so awesome. <laughs> so when you're actually on set, when you're actually – you know, being the gang leader, you're, you're, you know, working with Michael Jackson. What was that experience like? Was it a good experience? Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, Michael Jackson was, you know, like you mentioned at the beginning, I've had an incredible career. I'm so grateful, but I've been blessed and having the opportunity to work with so many superstars, both actors and musicians. But I wasn't a real big fan of Michael Jackson's prior to really working with him on Beat It. I, I, that was not really my music. Um, but you know, I liked it. I liked the Jackson five, but when Michael Jackson came into the room, he was so quiet and he was so sweet and he was so humble for rehearsals. He, you know, he, he, he didn't have anybody around him. He didn't have an entourage. He was so kind and gentle and worked his butt off in that rehearsal room. And then the next day when he came in with the guys, he had obviously gone home and practiced his butt off because he came in and blew everybody away. And he was dancing with like major technical dancers and he is not a trained dancer, so to speak. And mm. it was incredible that I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. When, when he danced, when this guy danced next to you, you actually felt some kind of pulse or charge or something that emanated from his body and just kind of grabbed you somehow and made you feel like, first of all, that you were the best dancer in the entire world and just made you feel so joyful to be moving. So that was rehearsal. And I thought, my God, man, if this is how it feels in rehearsal, what it's going to be mind boggling when we get down <laughs> yeah. to start to shoot it, you know, and it really was. And the fun part for me was having been an actor so much of that video for me was acting. I mean, you know, in a bar, in the back of a truck, being with the guys on the streets and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, there's only a short dance at the end. But when that dance happened, when Michael Jackson started going and that music started booming out of those, I mean, the whole warehouse was vibrating. That's how loud that music was. It was sensational. I think we probably did it maybe 20 or 30 times, that little dance at the end. But Every time you just felt so excited and, wow. and had no idea what the result was going to be, you know, but you were just thrilled to be part of it. So, yeah. How cool. <laughs> so cool. I, I guess I kind of, uh, I guess, I don't know if this is a technical question, but, you know, living in uh, now, you know, 40 years beyond that, how does someone see you in a Michael Jackson music video and then, get in touch with you how does you know how does madonna find you how do, how do 
there's not like a website that you go on. <laughs> like, what is the actual process of that? Is it just? Well, it used to be. It used to be that there were no agents for dancers or choreographers or anybody. You did it all on your own, unless you were in Broadway. Now, Broadway is another whole story. But we're talking about West Coast. We're talking about film, uh, commercials, music videos, uh, pop tours, all that kind of stuff. Um, and back in the 80s, you know, they didn't have uh, dancers weren't really recognized much. Um, it was kind of word of mouth um, or you'd go to a dance studio and you'd see a, a little note notes up around the studios. Uh, so so and so is going to have an audition. And that was also kind of how people contacted me through word of mouth. They would talk to somebody's producer who I had done a project with and then give them my home number. And I would talk mm. to them like that. And wow. And that didn't really change until near the end of the 80s. Um, uh, my agent, Julie McDonald, had started a, a company and um, was the first person to really represent dancers out here on this coast. But but that's the way it happened. So, you know, I mean, I have tell these stories about sitting at home and getting a phone call from Michael Jackson and thinking, <laughs> it, was, thinking it was an imposter, you know, when somebody calls you at your house and they go, Hi, Vince. What? Hi, this is Michael. It's like, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, it really is. It's it's Michael. Michael who? Michael Jackson. Say Michael Jackson. Yeah, it is Michael Jackson. It ain't Michael Jackson. Vince, it really is. Oh, Mike, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say. Fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> that was how crazy it wow. was at that time, you know. And, the same thing with Madonna, you know, she had she had chosen somebody to do the Blonde Ambition tour and it didn't work out. It wasn't working out. And she was wasting her time, wasting her money and freaking out because she had all these tour dates. And I had done two projects with her, the Pepsi commercial, which was, uh, I think, a, I don't even know, 500 million people saw it. And then it was banned. So hmm. um, that was incredible. And then I did Express Yourself, where I gave her the first female crotch grab. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, so she said she wanted me to do the tour with her and then the tour seemed to be going on. And her manager said, you know, I called the manager, Freddie DeMann. He said, no, Madonna's going another way. I said, all right. Next thing I knew, hi, Vince, it's Madonna. <laughs> uh, okay, what do you want? What do you want, Madonna? You know, well, I really, up, you know, I made a big mistake. I hired the wrong person. And now the dancers are throwing lit cigarette butts at her. Please help me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's kind of the way it happens. Wow. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Now, now things have changed. Now, now, now people go through agents, yeah. you know, it's another whole story. But, yeah. yeah. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> So then do you remember how it came about that you started working with Weird Al? Was that through word of mouth as well? Or, or was he trying to seek you out because you were in the original Beat It video? Yeah. You know, I can't remember if Weird Al called me or not. You know, I, I was I can't I was trying to think about that if he called me at home or or if somebody else called me. But I did know that when I got the call, you know, whoever it was said, when I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. I'd love Weird Al. And they, and they were kind of surprised. And they said, you're the only one. We've, we've been asking a lot of people and nobody else will do it. <laughs> I said, well, hey, sign me up. I'm right there, you know. So, uh, I mean, Michael Peters didn't want to do it. So this other dancer, they said to me, do you know anybody who might kind of fit the Michael Peters look in the role? And I knew this guy named Juba Lucas. And uh, 
said, yeah, he's a good dancer. He can definitely do it. And I mean, he was as close to Michael Peters as I could find. And, and Al was great with it. So uh, yeah, so we, had, we had fun and rehearsing out on the back, you know, out in the parking lot, basically is where we all yeah. rehearsed. I mean, it was just crazy. Uh, Bermuda shot all these photos and sent them to me a little while ago when he put his book together. Um, and, and I had no idea that he had taken all these photos. And there we were, we're just out in the parking lot in between all the cars doing all the choreography. And it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But I, exactly as it should have been anyway. It would have been a little bizarre if we were in a dance studio with Weird Al. You know? <laughs> Oh, God. Now, because you're the sole person from Beat It over on the Eat It set, yeah. you know, are you given special roles to to help train everybody? <laughs> are you like kind of the the, the Michael Jackson no. whisperer? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, no, actually, I wasn't. Um, no, you know, um, I, I just did what I did and, 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 and it was fun working with Al because he's such a kick and, you know, we'd come up together with some crazy moves where, you know, I, uh, you know, he'd say, well, can you bang into me here? Or can you, can you do something where I lose my balance? And, you know, so we, we, it was great. I mean, we were just improving the, the hell out of that <laughs> rehearsal and had a great time, so, you know, and, and when you're doing something like that, a parody, I mean, my God, you know, you can go so over the top and enjoy yourself. And that's what we did. And that's what it was like with Al. So, you know, <laughs> it was great. It was really great. Yeah. So I'd love to hear about more what you brought to to eat it. Obviously, just being, you know, the guy from Beat It. But also, you said that you had that same exact shirt that you wore. Well, you know, this is so funny because um, recently this company contact. Yes, I did. I I. I, they didn't, they didn't say, do you want to wear the same clothes? But I, the clothes that I wore in the, in Michael Jackson's beat it were all mine. Um, and so I brought them along with me and I said, you guys want me to, you want me to wear this? And they were like, yeah, of course we do. My God. Yeah, sure. You know, what could be more perfect than having the guy from beat it in the outfit from beat it. Right. You know? so, so it was great. Well, this really crazy thing happened recently. I, I have a good friend and he opened a, like a memorabilia uh, company uh, for equipment and, and collective collectible memorabilia from the, um, you know, music industry. And he, you know, he came over to my house one day. He goes, "You must have a lot of stuff, Vince. Anything, anything you think might be interesting here?" And I, I pulled out a couple of things, and one was the shirt. And he was like, "Oh my God, that's the shirt from Beat It and Eat It." And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, you know him from both?" And he was like, "Yeah, man, I couldn't believe it was in Eat It too." So this museum, this museum, it was a big thing. They were, they wanted to buy one of two things. They, and unfortunately, they didn't vote for the uh, shirt. They they voted for the um, fans that I used for Madonna when I created this piece for Madonna as Marie Antoinette. Oh, okay. But it was neck and neck. And this company, Archive, uh, A-R-K-I-V-E, it's very in interesting. They invited all of these people, uh, I think about 500 people to come on board as curators for this museum. And it's uh, it's all about interesting digital and uh, movie and entertainment mem memorabilia that will move in um, kind of museums from one place to another, travel around. 
And uh, on it, we'll have those little QR scanners that will either show the video or show, um, will show the video and will show uh, interviews with me and stuff like that. But they were, they had about 150 people that I Zoomed. And it was so crazy because they were saying, well, where'd you buy that shirt that you wore with Weird Al, you know, or oh, I'm like, I think I bought it on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, and um, so it, it, I mean, but people were really interested. And now these guys are thinking of now purchasing that to put in the museum, that oh. T-shirt. So, you know, it's just crazy. Can Dave and I have a chance to bid when they uh, they come in? <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> absolutely. And actually, you know what else I have? I don't even know how many people have this. Weird Al gave out. We need to stop the interview right there, but we will be back next episode with the final part of our interview with Vincent Patterson. In the meantime, do yourself a favor and order Vincent's fantastic book, Icons and Instincts, Choreographing and Directing Entertainment's Biggest Stars. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota a beautiful, it's also got cable TV. Yes, you heard correctly. Residents of Darwin, Minnesota have access to none other than world-class cord plug-in cable TV. And they are given plenty of options for cable providers, including Dish, DirecTV, Extreme by Mediacom Cable, and, uh, yeah, so many options. Wait a second. Aren't Dish and DirecTV technically satellite TV providers? Well, I hear Mediacom's option is extreme, Ethan. Now, when you say extreme, do you mean like the word extreme? E-X-T-R-E-M-E? No, no, no. Extreme. X-T-R-E-A-M. Like the word stream, but with an X instead of an S. Although, looking at it now, I suppose you could pronounce it stream. Well, if that's streaming, then does that actually count as a cable TV option? How am I supposed to know? So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just a twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt again to visit discoverdarwin.biz. This is a special hamster alert to the Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast broadcast alert system, sponsored by Jack Bateman. Did you know hamsters are a different species than mice, rats, gerbils, and guinea pigs? Yes, I absolutely already knew that. Oh, well, uh, okay, let's see. Uh, I thought that was going to be a fun fact. Nah, sorry, Dave. I think most people know that hamsters are their own species and not just like a nickname for a different rodent-like animal. Well, did you know, Little Jimmy? Yes, yes, enough about Little Jimmy and his hamster. You talk about that like every episode. Well, we just can't have enough Little Jimmy content on this podcast. But did you know that baby hamsters are called pups? Now that is what I call a fun fact. Nice one, Dave. That is all for this episode's very important special hamster alert via the Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast broadcast alert system. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free. Thanks to our incredible sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Jackson Scoggins, Discover Darwin, and Jack Bateman. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters, 
Kev, Javier, Scott, UH Jeff, Nancy, NES Josh64, Mike, Matthew, Kenneth, Gus and Alicia, Allison, Adriana, Ajax, Jake, Zeb, Zach, Dana B, Blair, and also thanks to Chad and everyone else in our Pretty Stinking Majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our Pretty Stinking Majestic Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your very own private RSS feed, and access to all of our secret episodes. And now would be a good time to join if you haven't already, because not only will you be the first to hear our remaining The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent, Ill-Advised Vanity Tour Concert Review Bonus Episodes of 2022, you'll also be the first to hear our brand new Weird the Al Yankovic Story Insider Bonus Episode Series, plus our 2023 Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes. Oh boy! You do not want to miss any of that. And do not forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds from purchases go directly towards supporting our fine podcast. Be sure to pick up your very own We Hate Intern Frank organic tote bag. What makes it organic? We do not know. But we do know that you can and should use it to carry organic tomatoes, which you can organically throw at our intern Frank. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000inch.com and visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump to Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you are there, click on Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes to follow along with our adventures on tour, or click on Black and White and Weird All Over Bonus Episodes for our special series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his first book, page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Only our favorite people follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're subscribed because not only does it help the podcast, it keeps away the jaguars, ocelots, snakes, raptors, and little Jimmy. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official patent pending 27 hour a day podcast hotline 347 spatula. 347-772-8852. You might even hear your message in a future episode. Thank you once again to our guest, Vincent Patterson. We also want to thank Kim Dower, John Bermuda Schwartz, Joe Jaffa, Aaron Henry, Johnny O'Hearn, UH Jeff Nussera, Kenneth Gwidup, Mike Minnick, Joe Bohannon, Little Jimmy, George Newman, Bob Steckler, Stanley Spadowski, and everyone over at the Academy Awards. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Next episode, tune in for the final part of our interview with Vincent Patterson. And until next time, remember to gill and chill. Wow, it sure is a great time to be a Weird Al fan. There's been a lot of cool Weird Al-related news recently. Oh, for sure. And uh, 
I still can't believe that there's an official music video for a 24-year-old song, Your Horoscope for Today. My mind is blown. You know, this news gives me so much hope. Yeah, I mean, maybe there will be official music videos for even more classic Weird Al songs. Oh, that would be so awesome. Which songs would you want to see music videos for, Ethan? Well, I would love to get an official music video for The Night Santa Went Crazy, or Nature Trail to Hell, or Albuquerque, or Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Jeez, it's so hard to just pick one. Really, it's so hard just to pick one. I know exactly which one song I think most deserves an official music video. Bob, this is a joke about Bob not having a music video. Come on, what else do you think I was going to say? Oh no, not this again. Bob, Bob has a music video. No, it doesn't. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 184-inch. Best fist-pumping by a podcaster. Hi, Vince. Hi, this is Michael. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. No, it really is. It's, it's Michael. Michael who? Michael Jackson. This ain't Michael Jackson. Yeah, it is Michael Jackson. <gasps> it ain't Michael Jackson. Vince, it really is. Oh, Mike, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say... Fuck. <laughs>